Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to episode 28 of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Rachel. And I'm Krista. This week, we're doing some Christmas in July, because who doesn't love a good Christmas book when it's 85 degrees out, right? Exactly. It just like reminds you of cooler times when you weren't sweating sitting in your own home. I can pretend like it's not so hot here. <laughs> we live in the Pacific Northwest where they don't put air conditioning in homes because technically you don't need it that often, but I would use it. I would use it in the middle of winter. I want air condition. I want central air. So bad. Right. Like I know 85 isn't that hot compared to other places in the world. Like I know we're lucky that 85 is like the worst we're going to get usually, mm-hmm. but the lack of air conditioning literally everywhere is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and like the humidity. <laughs> I remember as a kid, just like we'd like go to the store. Like if, I mean, my parents had AC, but like if it died, you're like, okay, we're going to go to the store. And what's, should we go to another store after? Yeah. Cause it's hot. Yep. Go to a movie because there's AC in movies mm-hmm. because they've got projectors. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'd go ice skating in the summertime. That was a good one. Not a lot of people there either. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't think so. No, it's not like something you'd think about. Anyways, this week I picked a shorter book actually. Um, just because it popped up when I was looking for Christmas books and it sounded interesting to me. So I'm not usually like real big on like the romance books. Like, let's be real. That's not really my genre. Although we are going to be doing those for mini-sodes in August. Yeah. So maybe I'll get a taste for it. Um, <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed this book. Like I didn't think I was going to. And like there were totally parts where I was just like, oh no, now they're going to kiss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt like the little kid in Princess Bride who's just like, is this a kissing book? Like, <laughs> I watched that last weekend. Um, <clears throat> so I ended up listening to, because I'm a listener, not as much a reader these days, but I'm working on it. I did actually read a whole book, but that's a whole nice. other tangent. But I listened to The Christmas Pact, and it has two authors. And according to the cover, one of these is a best-selling author for New York Times. I don't recognize either of their names, so maybe you do. Um, v, or I guess it's Vi, V-I, Keeland. So Vi Keeland and Penelope Ward. No, I don't think I know. I don't recognize names. either name. I'll have to yeah. check and see what else they did because this is pretty good. Um, I thought it was interesting that they did two authors, though. I didn't realize it was two authors until I went back to look and see who the author was because I just figured that they had listed the person who did the narration mm-hmm. on the front. You know, they often yeah. are like narrated by, but I didn't see who the narrator was. It's probably inaudible, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So <laughs> this book is about two people. And their names are the best part of this entire book. Like, I'm not going to lie. So (laughs) the main female's name is Riley Kennedy. And the man's name is Kennedy Riley. Oh, my gosh. So because of their their names, (laughs) this is how they end up meeting. So Riley and Kennedy work for the same company. I don't remember what company. It's irrelevant. They work for the same company, but, like, not in the same branch. So, like, different branches. So he lives, like, a couple hours away. And every now and then someone will email the wrong coworker. Mm. They'll mix up their emails because their emails are like Riley.Kennedy at company or Kennedy.Riley. Yeah. At company, so you're just, right? you just put in the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. So this happens pretty regularly. And like start, it starts off where she's just like, so whenever she gets his email, she just forwards it and doesn't read them, doesn't comment or anything like that. But then whenever he gets her emails, he puts in like little commentary, like snide remarks or like suggestions for like professional things. And she's just like, I don't like it. Like, stop reading my email. You know, it's not for you. Yeah. Just forward it along. Right. So she already does not like this guy. And uh, so it's Christmas time, obviously. And she's planning on going home to her family. And apparently every year her mom writes this Christmas letter. Right. 
to like all of their friends. It's like, here are the things that our family is doing and my children are doing ABC. And she hates these letters because like one of her, her youngest sister is like 16 and she is like going to be in the Olympics for gymnastics. And she's got another sister who's like pregnant with twins and plays for the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. And then her brother is like a doctor who's overseas, like repairing cleft palates in Africa or something like that. Yeah. So like, and then they're just like, and Riley works for the same company. Oh, it's like a publishing company. Okay. And so this make her feel crappy, right? She's like, it basically feel like my mom's trying to point out that I'm not doing anything. And like, no, these letters just suck basically. And like, that's really her perception. Like right away, I was just like, mm, you're just, you're just mad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't do anything. You're mad about it. So she writes to a columnist um, called Dear Ida, which is like one of those like advice columns. And so she writes to Dear Ida and she tells her about this this letter that her mom sends out every year and how she just wants her mom to stop doing it because it sucks and she's perfectly happy with her life and she signs it boring because you know how like you don't sign your real name you put like some weird pseudonym or something that fits for the story you've just told mm-hmm. and so they write back and the response though goes to kennedy oh, not no. to riley and kennedy puts his two cents in where he's basically just like wow your mom sounds like a narcissist and like all of this stuff like she's just like you don't know my mom you don't know my life and on top of that like he read her whole like venting thing and the response that he read from the editor person the dear ida lady which was actually like one of her staff members it wasn't actually ida and she was extra mad about that she's like <laughs> kidding me right now but her response was basically like dear boring like your problem's not with your mother your problem's with the fact that you don't do anything in your life give your mom something to write about <laughs> like Damn. that was basically her advice and I was like oh cold yeah and like in there she was just like sometimes there are things that need to be said to us but our friends and family are too polite to, to say them <laughs> she's like so that's what I'm doing <laughs> and so she's like piss right and so she writes back and she because kennedy chimed in on it too and so she's like extra angry that he's now read this very personal thing and commented on it and said mean things about her mom and so she's just like super riled up right i would be too like i'd be pretty pissed that that happened she's just like all she had to do was like look at myself that i told her to write back and she would not gotten this wrong but like considering it's a common mix-up i get it um so she writes back this like angry email basically being like who are you to tell me anything you're not even ida (laughs) and like kind of like writes it off or whatever um she man i'm trying to remember exactly where we go from here oh she's supposed to meet him so there's gonna have like a company christmas party so she like vents to her friend about it and her friend's like well then the company christmas party is gonna be real awkward and she's like what are you talking about so she has to meet him now at a company Christmas party after this like really angry exchange. Cause she was like, this is a man I'm never going to meet. Our company never does like inner branch stuff. And this is the first year, but she didn't know it. Mm. So now she's like, well, shit, now I've got to meet this like horrible human being. And they're like imagining that he's like ugly and mean and like all this stuff. And it's a romance book. He's obviously extremely attractive. Yeah. So her friend like looks him up and she's just like, you might want to start being nice to this guy. And she's like, what? And they were like, whoa. I mean, they describe him as, you know, the perfect man, like mm-hmm. they always do. Sure. Your, your classic super tall, broad, uh, I don't know, probably sandy blonde hair or something. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so she meets up with him and like, there's like a chemistry between them, but she obviously really hates him. And like, uh, they end up talking and she like, 
kind of thinks that maybe he's not as bad as he seemed, you know, at first, because, like, they kind of had, like, a really easy rapport, which she was kind of surprised about, but then she also gets pretty drunk, um, and so they end up, like, leaving the party, and I think they, like, take a cab together or something, but they don't go home together or anything like that, but on the, on their way back, uh, to, like, it was, like, a hotel or something that the company had them hosted at, and the next morning, there was, like, a note from him, and it was, like, I'm still down to do it if you are. And she's like, whoa, how drunk was I? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what is going on? And he was just like, oh yeah, like my invitation stands. Last night I told you that if you want to go home to face your family, I'll go with you and pretend to be your boyfriend so that they don't think so, like, so you don't have that awkwardness. He's like, it could be fun, you know? And she's just like, no, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. We're not doing that. And uh, she gets to the airport. Guess who's at the airport waiting at her terminal? And he's like, you sure? (laughs) <laughs> last chance like I'll go with you it's not that far like it'll be fun he's like I have a family wedding I have to go to and like I don't want to go to it because I haven't been home in a while for reasons I don't really want to talk about but it's going to be awkward for me so I'll do this thing for you and you'll do the thing for me and it'll be fine like it'll just be like something entertaining we did over Christmas and so she's not like super thrilled about it but then she's like actually that's kind of not a bad idea like my mom would never really know you know, yeah. like we could just lie. It won't be a big deal. But as they get like closer to the house, she's just like, oh, I love it when he touches me. And like, cause he's trying to get her like comfortable with his physical touch, you know, because like she can't jump every time he like touches her shoulder. They're supposed to pretend to be dating. Yeah. That's really weird. Right. So they like get to her family and like her family immediately falls in love with him. And like, she's obviously got some like some feels happening, but it's kind of hard to tell what he's thinking. Um, although they do the thing where they bounce between chapters, like one chapter is her and one chapter is him, but there's no overlap. He just like continues from the, where the, she left off, like in the story. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes they like overlap? Yeah. And you like hear like his part of his that side situation. of that specific. Yeah. But it's not how it goes. But, um, so basically he's like having a good time and he starts thinking that she's like real cute because like he was kind of into her first, even though she was kind of, you know, an asshole to him because he was like, okay, maybe I was an asshole too, <laughs> you know? And so he's starting to think like, wow, I actually kind of like this girl. But like the plan was for him to just like meet her family for Christmas Eve and then leave and go back to New York. And, uh, snow happened so her mother was like no you can't go back tonight and uh just stay just stay here with riley stay in riley's room like it's not a big deal like you guys are dating and he's like oh okay (laughs) so they end up like sleeping in her childhood bedroom he sleeps on the floor and like they have like a lot of like really cute little conversations like i'm not going to give you all the details of everything that goes down but like they end up kind of bonding and then he ends up giving her like a back massage because she's like complaining about like her back being sore from the airplane but then it gets like a little sexual but not a lot right Mm -hmm. because she's not interested in that yet yeah um and uh they still like they like fall asleep in the same bed but then she gets all like freaked out in the morning because she wakes up with like his boner in her back (laughs) she was like oh my god this is not what we agreed and then like so there's this like a real back and forth with both of them where they're both just like, wow, I kind of like this person. But then they both have been like hurt and have like stuff in their past that they're not really talking about with each other either. So you find out during this trip because he's like, why, who's like this guy in all of these pictures? And she's like my boyfriend at the time. And he was like, obviously, but like what happened? Like, and why are the pictures still up? Like, it's kind of weird for your mom to keep up pictures of an ex. He died. Oh, so that's, that's her baggage is that her like high school boyfriend just before they graduated college, like died in a car accident or something. And she found out like just after that he was going to propose to her and like mm. that. So obviously that didn't happen. So now she's like 
really standoffish and doesn't like to date and like hasn't really like had a serious relationship since and so he's like oh okay like I gotta get this girl now like it makes sense and then he was just like yeah like I've got my own stuff too and so she finds out he has like um an ex-fiance but he doesn't really want to talk about it like give her any details or anything just like he had an ex-fiance and things went poorly and like she get she get like little details like she didn't like the china I wanted for our wedding and like all this kind of stuff so like Mm -hmm. but you don't really get anything substantial out of him like he's real tight-lipped about it um but uh he like tells her mom that like he works or is going to be in nasa he's like oh yeah i'm gonna be like a space pilot (laughs) an astronaut you know space pilot same thing i was like what's the word he's like i'm gonna be an astronaut and so like his her family basically is like when's the wedding you guys and she's just like okay slow down he's gonna go by and so she kind of like pushes him out the next day because like the weather's better and uh she's feeling like a little weird about like lying to her family and he's got somewhere to go to, like, to see his family, and so he leaves the next day, but then they end up, like, making out, like, hardcore in the driveway before, um, he leaves, (laughs) and because he told her, he was like, oh, no, your mom's watching, like, we should make it convincing, and then she, like, goes back inside, and her mom's still sitting where she was sitting before, and she's like, oh, weren't you just at the window, and she was like, nope, and she was like, oh, my god, he just did that, because he just wanted to make out with me, so then the end of the week comes and so she goes to his family's right so now it's her turn to have to pretend and she was just like oh my god like do you want me to make up some big lie like what's our story like all this stuff and he was just like no just tell her the truth except for leave out the part about me lying to your mother over christmas i don't think she'll love that like (laughs) and she's like okay like that's weird and so she's like totally caught off guard that he's like totally told his family about her like like the real story like i was kind of a jerk in emails and there was an email mix up and everyone thinks it's real entertaining that their names are riley kennedy and kennedy riley they're like what would you do you'd be riley riley or riley kennedy riley like <laughs> i didn't even think about that like if you got married yeah how weird would that be like riley riley you just keep your own name at that point yeah uh, yeah because it's a good story anyway yes yeah. so she ends up like meeting his family and just before um so when she first gets there, <clears throat> he's supposed to meet her to get a dress from her mother's bridal or his mother's bridal boutique. So she owns like a little bridal boutique in New York. And he was like, I'll get you a dress for the wedding. Cause she was like, I don't really have anything fancy, fancy, you know? And he said it was like pretty fancy. And so he was like, well, I'll buy you a dress. That's like part of the agreement. He was like, and shoes. I was like, yeah, well, yeah. Good man. Cause if, if you don't have Obviously, the dress, you don't have the shoes. shoes. Right. And so he calls her and he was like, Hey, so my mom's going to be there, but I'm not going to be there because there was a mix up with the tuxes. So you're just going to have to meet my mom alone with no story. Like, That's so she's terrible. like, Whoa, I, we're not even dating. Like this is so like weird and complicated. And she like kind of hates it. But then she also loves his mom. Like they end up being like really close. Um, but uh, while she's getting her dress done, she, the uh, the bride walks in of, of the wedding, right? And she's like, oh, like, you must be the bride. And she's like, yeah, like, sorry, this is probably really awkward for you guys. Like, I'm glad you came to the wedding, though. Like, I'm sure he told you about our history. And she was like, what? That's the ex-fiance, isn't it? Oh, shit. Oh, I cannot believe he is. I would not go to that. Oh, God, right. So his brother is marrying his ex-fiance. His brother? His brother. Oh, I did not see that coming. marrying the ex-fiance. Yes, <gasps> right? How crazy is that? So she, like, learns these things about him and is like, oh, okay, he's not a jerk. Like, he just wants to, like, I don't know, not get hurt again, probably. 
She's like, that's probably it, you know. I mean, if your brother takes your fiance, yeah, you might be a little right. worried. So they do the wedding and like there's one night of the wedding because there's like the rehearsal and then there's the wedding. So like one night he gets really drunk and he's like kind of inappropriate um, and she doesn't like it. And she's just like, I don't like know who this is, but she also knows about the history and he hasn't told her yet. And she didn't tell him that somebody else told her because she was like, he'll tell me in his own time if he wants me to know. Like, I won't mention it. Yeah. Which is great. Like, that's totally the way to do it. Um, but like this whole time, like he's being kind of an asshole (laughs) and she's just being like very understanding and forgiving. And he's just like, why are you being so nice? He's like, I'm being a total dick. And she's just like, you know, everyone's got their stuff. Like you saw my family and family stress you out. Like some like vague excuse. Um, and so at the wedding itself, he does actually end up telling her because like they end up dancing together and like, she just like gets along with his mom so well, They, they end up like dancing all the night and then um like her and his mom end up dancing like all night yeah and then he dances with her like afterwards um but basically he basically spends this entire night being like wow I like really fall for this girl like I really like her and like all this other stuff and so he does tell her the truth and all that goes really well but they end up so she catches the bouquet and he gets the garter and then yeah, so that, that's that's cool, but, like, that's a little weird, too. Like, you're not actually dating. Um, but, what, but the thing was, when you catch the garter, you put it on the leg of the girl who caught the bouquet. Like, that was apparently the thing. I don't like that at all. I was like, I don't like that. But he, like, knew that was going to happen, so he made sure he caught the garter because he didn't want someone else to do it, right? But then, like, as he's doing it, he, like, has a freak out that, like, he's going to hurt her because she can't really afford to be hurt again, and he's bad at relationships. And I'm like, you're not really bad at relationships. You got cheated on. That's not your fault. Yeah, that's I was like, whatever. Different dude logic and so he like panics and he basically just ghosts her after this like they were having a great time and she was like I was totally gonna let him like do stuff and then he just ghosts so like he's very cold to her the next day like he brings her coffee in the morning like he had done the day before but they just like he was very matter of fact like he didn't touch her like they just like left and so the whole wedding and Christmas and everything is over and she's just like well I really like him like what do I do and so she writes back to dear Ida and she's like first of all I'm sorry for being so harsh in my last response back to you because you were actually a little right. My life was kind of boring and I did need to do something different. And so she tells dear Ida, well, Ida's assistant, she was like, but what do you think I should do now? She's like, should I reach out to him or should I just let it go? Like, obviously he's not that into me. She's like, you know, it's the 21st century. I could, I could totally do it. Like I'm a woman, but like, should I like, or is he just sending me very clear signs that I'm missing? And um, so the Ida lady ends up writing to Kennedy so she writes to the guy and she was just like, listen up, loser. Here's the deal. <laughs> like literally that's what she de- titles it. Like dear loser. Like <laughs> she's like, here's the deal. I'm going to tell her in one week that she should give up and move on and find somebody else. And in that time you need to find a white horse and get your ass over there basically is what she told her. And um, which is perfect because in Riley's email to Ida, she was just like, I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I always hoped my Prince Charming would show up on a white horse. And so he was just like, Oh, I don't know if I should do it. I don't know, maybe. And like has, you know, internal turmoil trying to make decisions. He freaking does. He shows up on a white goddamn on horse. Actual one. Damn. An actual but like, he does a bad job at it. So like they added some comedy to it. It wasn't just like perfect. Like he like gets there, but he's like struggling to keep the horse in line, and then her dog barks at the window and it scares the horse and the horse runs off. Like so it's like a whole thing. But yeah, it was only like it was only like two and a half hours, which is why I gave you basically the entire summary. But uh I really enjoyed it. Like because it was a good balance of like 
funny and quirky and romance. Like there were some scenes where I was like, okay, classic steam. Like, <laughs> but uh, overall, real good. Four okay. horses. Four horses. Okay. Are they all white? Yeah, four white horses. Okay. Obviously. I wasn't sure if it was like the four horses of the apocalypse or whatever. Oh no! I, no, this is not that episode. Okay. Phew. Crisis averted. <laughs> so I did. Um, Mine's also kind of like a weird, odd one. I don't know. I guess like, I feel like most Christmas books are like, just the, 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 that like feel goody where you kind of know what's going to happen. But that's kind of why they're nice, you know, like they're kind of yeah. cozies. Mm-hmm. I had like a really intense one I was going to do, but I had put it on hold from the library right when the library like opened back up and it didn't show up in time. So I did A Cup of Holiday Fear by oh. Ellie Alexander. And this is part of the Bake Shop Mystery Series. And I think this one is like number 10 in the series or something like that. So, um, and all of them are like, kind of like food puns. Um, so I'm just going to rattle off the other ones because I just, they're fun. So uh, there's Meet Your Baker, A Batter of Life and Death, On Thin Icing, Caught Bread Handed, Fudge and Jury, a crime of passion fruit, which is kind of the lamest of all of them because passion fruit isn't necessarily baking, but whatever. Um, another one bites the crust till death do us tart and live and let pie. Oh, wow. But yeah, so this one is a cup of holiday fear. Yeah, it's all very punny. I and love it. And she like knocks these books out. Like she already came out with like the next one in the series, I think dropped like a month ago. She's got a something. contract to keep up. Oh yeah, she just blows through them. Crank them out. So in like the standard part of like murder mystery series, there's like a lot of things that have already happened that they like kind of do a callback to, but then you kind of have no idea what the hell they're talking about. So that kind of happens on a lot of these. So the book is about, oh gosh, I can't even actually remember what the main character's name is now. Well, no, that's just really embarrassing. Ah, Jules. Sorry. I was like, I can't remember. It was obviously not that important. <laughs> um, so the main character, her name is Jules, and she owns uh, like a bakery coffee shop in Ashland, Oregon, which Ooh. is kind of, it's like at the very bottom of Oregon, apparently. So like they kind of get the warmth in the summer, but then they get mm. snow in the winter. And it's like a small enough town, kind of like Leavenworth, Washington, where it's all like Christmassy and stuff. Oh my god, I love that. Mm-hmm. And they like they make a whole thing out of it. So she owns a place called Tort. So her and her mom own it. And I think like in the how like this whole series starts is that Jules had like left and gone off to like culinary school, and then she was like living on a cruise ship with her husband and her husband's son. And now she's back home, but they're not with her, but they're still married. I don't know what happened because I didn't read any of the other ones. But either way, so they own it. And it's like the week leading up to Christmas. And so there's like a whole thing. And they're on like the main tour is on like the main drag on like Main Street in Ashland. And they do like every year they have like Santa, they have to do a parade, a Christmas parade. And like Santa comes and Mrs. Claus are there and everything's wonderful and everyone decorates and it's so amazing. Aww. And she's, and then she's also like a super like 
forward thinking. Like she doesn't care if like her employees have tattoos and piercings and they can wear whatever they want, but like so like, organ. Like, seriously, like one of the most recent hires used to wear like really flowy skirts. And she was like, I managed to convince her to change into pants because we kept stepping on her skirt. And you're like, well, that's just oh. a practical thing. Like, that's fine. I could see it being problematic. Yeah. And so they had just expanded and they were able to buy the basement of the building that they were in. So now they have like their huge bake shop downstairs, but then you can also go and take your coffee down there. And all of the coffee is made with like, like all of the syrups are like natural, like they make all their own syrups. So there's no like added crap to it. And they have all these like weird special boards. Like one of them has like actual like pine needles in it. I don't know. The guy who's like in charge of like head barista guy kind of does whatever he wants and she lets him and I don't know they're all one big happy family so that is going on and then there's the guy who is across the street from them who has this kind of like rundown motel that I don't really know the name of he's very like Scrooge um, and then there's her mom and her mom is married to a guy who's called the professor but turns out he's the detective in the Ashland Police Department so I don't oh. know why they call him the professor other than the history. He loves to like quote Shakespeare and like other olden time people. Maybe it's because he missed his true calling as a professor. Probably something like that. And so so there's them. And then um and like the mom kind of wants the yeah, the mom kind of wants to like step away from tour and like go be retired and whatnot. But then the people who play uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus are this couple and they own this really swanky like B&B in town um, and they're getting ready to retire and so at the start so they like finally found somebody to buy it and so every Christmas they hold a Dickens festival for the entire um, month of December like every night and so you can go and you have like this whole thing and people come and they sing and you get the food and like Scrooge is there and like apparently it first started like the first year um because they weren't it was like people like the walls weren't even totally done like there was like half the drywall was done and so they went around and they told everyone they're like yeah sorry we can't afford like the only person we could afford was Scrooge here because they didn't want people like the guests to think that the person who was playing Scrooge was just an asshole and like not come back they're like no it's part of the thing it's fine so they've been doing that for like 30 years or something like that oh wow and they're like, yeah, no, we found a buyer and it's going to be great. And we like put it in there that like she's totally going to like continue on with the tradition and she's from L.A. and everything's going to be great and grand. And you're like, OK, cool. Don't really know what kind of mystery I'm going to get yet at this point. Whatevs. Right. And so Jules and her mom are going to they're going to treat the whole um tort, all the employees to like a night at the Dickens for like the Christmas party. I like that. Yeah, and then Jules, her like kind of she, she her best friend. I can't remember what his name is. I, and I he's I don't know. He's like very like into like fashion and theater and stuff, and so she convinces him to be her date for the night at this place, so that way she doesn't have to go alone. Because also he like he's super against Christmas and everything, and she's like, no, Christmas is like awesome and amazing, and so he's like, yeah, fine we'll like do it your way and we're gonna go chop down a tree and all this stuff and so they like do all this boring Christmassy thing like this there's a lot of like build up to try to get you into the holiday spirit at this point where like nothing is really happening I want to make sure you're at your peak when they give you the bad news 
So she has her really nice dress and she's wearing like super cute flats because she's like tall. She's like, I think she's like 5'11 or something like that. So she doesn't want to wear heels because her best friend whose name I can't remember because it, I don't remember any of the names anyway. Um, she's like, yeah, I don't want to like wear heels, which was smart because then halfway through and they walk because it's kind of a small town and it starts dumping snow. And I was like, honey, did you not look at the weather report when you decided to wear flats in the snow? What is wrong with you? Like, I don't know. We don't, I don't get a whole lot of snow here and I would not be caught dead in something that showed the top of my feet. She made a choice, cute versus practical. That's true. And she gets to suffer with it because mm-hmm. by the time that they leave this dinner, there's like two feet of snow that she gets oh, to walk God. home in. So in class. sucks to be her. So they get there and like dinner's kind of going and like you, it's one of these places where like you have to like drop your cell phone up front when you get there which i'm like this is a tiny town why are you even bringing your freaking cell phone this is that's weird whatever um and so but there's this woman who's like sitting at this like two top over like kind of in their room and she's just like on her phone the entire time like texty texty text 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 like stereotypical making fun of millennial texting type thing um and so like scrooge comes over and he's like get off your damn phone blah 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 i'm scrooge and she was like yeah you're fired like go away like you don't have a job here anymore and so he storms out and then uh jules and her mom like flag down the woman who plays this miss plays mrs claus whose name i also can't remember i read this book like four books ago so i'm trying to remember i read a lot in like one weekend so i understand but they were like, hey, like, is there anything that we can do to help? Like, we don't mind jumping in the kitchen. And she was like, no, no, like, you guys are here, like, celebrating, like, with your employees. Like, no, we're fine. Like, things are just kind of stressful. It's fine. Because it turns out that that woman, I think her name's Cecile. Cecilia? Something like that. Um, she is the new owner. And in her, like, whole tirade where she, like, fires Scrooge, which is Tim. And Tim is the son of uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus. Oh, okay. Basically baby claws yeah she like fires him and she's like i'm just gonna bulldoze the whole place like total snoot about it and so the son end up like ends up like storming off he leaves or whatever and then because he's just like so mad and you're like you're mad because like your parents are selling the place and like they're not offering it to you like so that's kind of what you think is like that's why he's so angry and then the power goes out Uh and everyone's like oh it must be like the cell storm like what the heck and so like a whole thing that like the um dickens party that they do is that when you like reserve your spot you like fill out a little questionnaire about you and they pick out uh, like a special like ornament and it's not just like some cheesy like store-bought ornament like they go and they put a whole lot of thought so this is like the perfect ornament for you and then at the very end santa comes out and so the guy who plays santa memorizes the seating chart and what ornament goes with what person to like add to the magic of it to be like oh my gosh rachel you obviously this is exactly for you and you're like oh my gosh oh my god i want someone to handpick me an ornament right that's amazing i was like damn that's actually really fun and so the power has gone out and jules is like i'm gonna go like check in with let's call her wendy because i can't really freaking remember um and it's like i'm gonna go check in and like just see and so she like goes to the kitchen and of course she's like freaking out because oh the woman had also the evil like cecilia woman who was gonna just like bulldoze the whole place mm-hmm. um had like knocked an entire like tray because there's like it's like a six course meal or something mm. so she knocked an entire tray of like 
course number two or three or something out of like the server's hand <gasps> and so they're having to like quickly Spring. try to find something to replace that with and now they're like behind schedule by like 15 minutes which is just going to keep snowballing but oh, of wait. course like none of the people like know that but so they also have like carolers are there and um the like main caroler person her name is like francine i think and she's like super amazing and is in charge of everyone and she has to rest her voice all the time and everything like that and like sometimes she drinks whiskey but like according to some people but then according to other people she's like she never exactly you're like okay she just drinks a hot toddy but then like somebody else is like oh no she never drinks she only drinks hot lemon water and i'm like isn't it hot only hot lemon water because i think you're missing the important ingredient there and so jules goes and she's like how can i help and he, she's like, can you go down and check on my husband? He's supposed to be down there trying to figure out the ornaments and like down in the wine cellar. So she like finds her way downstairs in the dark in the wine cellar. Um, and she finally like finds it and he is like slumped over and there's like a bottle of whiskey like sitting there and like a shot, two shot glasses or a shot glass or something. And she's like, what the heck? Did you get like hammered and like pass out? But like, there's not actually that much gone. Um, so she kind of like tries to figure it out and then somebody comes down oh because like she had heard like a door slam before she found it when she was down there she's like oh, somebody was obviously here and like hmm. out so like what is going on um and so she's like okay well we like need to call paramedics in because like i can't like she's like and she like checks his pulse and you're like oh this is this is who's gonna be dead because she's checking the pulse yeah but no he has a pulse it's very weak he's not the dead one <sighs> he has not been murdered it's not and like, him and you're like okay that's cool and so like so they call the power company and they call because they're like why is the backup generator not kicked back on like this is kind of weird like they get like winter storms like it happens this is definitely a kind of play like it's a b&b like it would have a backup generator they mm-hmm. get enough storms if that's important and so the medics get out and he's okay but they still can't find tim the son like he's still gone and then um because like Cecile and Francine had gotten into a big fight and stuff too and you're like everyone is just like scattered in the dark basically and then the power company manages to get the power back on somehow or no maybe it's still dark and there's just candles everywhere doesn't matter either way you hear a waitress scream and like glass shattering and you're like oh well somebody's dead is it the waitress I don't know and so they go and then Cecilia the evil woman who was gonna demolish everything has been stabbed and she's at the bottom <gasps> of a staircase she kind of deserved it oh she definitely, definitely deserved it of everyone i'm like who done it i'm like well that makes the most sense that she's the one who dies but yeah and so then you're like oh my gosh okay and of course like so jules is like okay professor like and like goes and gets the professor because of course the professor is there because he's, he's married to the mom but then that's and that's finally when you figure out at least in this book which you probably know in books one through nine that he's a detective so I'm like, why are you bringing oh. in your, like, <laughs> like, your I don't get mom's it. husband? Like, the professor, why does he need to be involved? I does see. Have a monocle, what is happening? And then you're like, oh, no, he's a detective. That makes more sense. Okay. And so, because Jules is like, oh, this could be a crime scene. Like, we shouldn't touch anything. And I'm like, oh, nine other people have been murdered in the previous nine books. You know what you're talking about, Jules. Okay, cool, cool, cool. She knows what's up. Yeah. And so like tim comes back and it's been like 45 minutes and he was like i left and i stormed off and then i realized that i was being an idiot and i came back and jules like interesting 
At most, that walk would have taken 25 minutes. And if he said that he ran back, why was he gone for 45 minutes? And you're like, shit, I don't know. Did Tim kill her? And then you find out that like Francine and Cecilia had a fight. And so you're like, was that the one who killed? Or like, who did it? And so of course they keep like bringing you all of these like different people who could have done it. And then it's been like, and this is like three or four days before Christmas, I think at this point. So we're like, gosh, we'd like love to wrap this up before Christmas, but like it looks like we're gonna have to be working through Christmas. This sucks. This is terrible. And you're like, that would suck. Agree. Would suck. So then, um, trying to remember. Can't remember. There's other. Um, can't remember who else. They float some other people for like who. Oh, cause so the um husband who was like passed out, the Santa guy who was all passed out. Mm. Um the wife was like wendy was like there's like no way that he drank he was she was like he loves playing santa way too much there's no way that he would start drinking he, like he never starts drinking until after the ornaments because she was like he has to be like sober to like remember the seating chart and everything he's like and she, yeah. she's like she's like he loves it too much to try ruin that and like she's like also it's not really good if santa smells like booze it's like yeah, no. no you're right and then it comes out that like somebody had seen him down there and there was a woman with red fingernail polish like Spooky. like and that was all you saw was like her red fingernail polish on her hand like on his shoulder or something and so now jules is like every woman who's wearing red fingernail polish she's like oh my gosh is it her is it her and you're like and then she's like gosh it's christmas everyone's wearing red fingernail polish oh, and you're shit. like uh-huh that's very common that's not a super helpful hint but okay that's fine we're figuring it out whatever and so then, um, can't remember why, but at some point, like, Jules goes back. Um, she's going to go meet up with, like, oh, because so there's um, the sommelier for the B&B. He, like, um, is also a character. Uh, he could, he, he's one of the ones that you think may have done it. Because, like, he gets fired at some point by the evil woman. And then he, like, goes and gets an interview really quick right away at, like, the hotel that shitty hotel across the street but then he's like yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do and they're like you're a, literally an actual sommelier like you could pretty much get a job anywhere i don't right? know why like why are you so concerned about Relax. this because you could definitely do that um and then um oh and then you find out that uh the son turns out that the parents did offer him and his wife the hotel like they could have taken over the b&b and they're going to but then they so they have two young ch- kids mm-hmm. and they were like they talked about it and they're like and eh, that'd be like too much and we don't really want to do that and so you're like oh okay so like he doesn't really have motive but he gets arrested because he has the know-how to cut the power to the building and the backup generator without electrocuting himself okay a lot of people probably do and that's pretty much the only like reason he has like that and then the fact that he like was gone for 45 minutes when hmm. he like ran away and you're like that's all you had to arrest and everyone and obviously had nothing else for anybody else yeah so you're like okay that's sure okay. um and so then jules is like friends with like one of the other cops and he was like hey can you like go and like talk to this sommelier guy and like because she apparently also like is a part owner of a small vineyard in Ashland with like her and her husband and her best friend and like one other person oh mm-hmm. the evil man 
who owns the shitty motel across the street for mm-hmm. some reason he's also in on it he's so okay. the like cop friend is like okay go and like pretend that you like want to ask him questions and like learn about how you guys can like make your winery like more well known and she's like yeah and he's like but don't tell your like flamboyant best friend because you know how he ruins things and they're like yeah okay cool tote's gonna do it so she like goes to the b&b at night because it's like the dinner thing ends at like nine but the bar's open until 11 or something and she's like okay i'll like catch him there and then um but then when she like gets there she's like walking up and she sees a woman in like an upper window who like looks like francine who was about to get stabbed and so she like screams and she's oh no pounding on the door because this is like a different part of like where like the bar diner area this is like more of like the b&b house and then um for so the francine who is like the head of the caroling group they always rent out a room or like a suite for them for the entire month of december so that way they always have a place to go and like relax between sets and stuff and they can just have all their costumes and stuff there for mm-hmm. to like bring it back and take it away every time because you also find out that that's where uh francine makes the most of her money is in the month of december like she makes enough money doing that that it carries her through the rest of the year and so oh, wow. you're like okay well like if she knew that the cecilia woman was going to tear down the whole place like now she's a suspect because that's like her livelihood right there that's so, big motive and at this point yeah you're at like five people where you're like some of them you're like like the sommelier guy you're like well he, it's kind like, of a weak case yeah. you're like he could literally go get a job like it's pure revenge but why he like if it's because he got right. fired he could just go get another job like meh, it's fine not that big of a deal yeah um but yeah, so she's like pounding on the door, pounding on the door, pounding on the door. And then Tim, the son, like opens it and she's like, who is up in that room? I just saw a woman about to get stabbed. And so they like run up there because he's like, he had like just been released from jail on bail. I don't know if he was released on bail or if they were like, just kidding. We don't have enough. We changed oh, our, our mind. charges dropped. Something like that. I can't remember. And it doesn't really matter, but he got released. Um like that morning or something oh. and so but like she's like pounding on the door for a while before he comes and gets it and so they're like sprint up there because he's like oh my gosh that's francine's room in the caroler room and <gasps> then she's nowhere to be seen Uh-oh. Like, and so jules is like oh my gosh she's like i don't want to believe it was him but like was there enough time that he could have like stabbed her and like moved the body i don't know and so Tim's like, I'm going to go run downstairs and, like, see if, like, anybody, like, saw her recently. Like, well, like, because he was like, you don't know for sure it was her. We should, like, go double check that she's not, like, literally downstairs. We're going to look like idiots. Right. And so they were both going to go. And then she was like, oh, she was like, one of us should stay up here, like, just in case. And he's like, yeah, you stay. I'll go look. Okay, cool. So she starts looking around of, like, where could they have hidden the body? Like, oh, it's too small under the bed. And so she goes in the closet, and then she finds this, like, creepy, like, secret, like, walkway. Because, like, the B&B is this, like, really old historic-type home that, like, had all, like, the servant Ooh, porter spooky. walkways that, like, go through all these places. Mm-hmm. And so she goes in there to investigate. But then she gets oh, stuck in there. And she's been stuck oh, no. in there for, like, half hour, 45 minutes. Uh-oh. And then she, like, finally manages to, like break her way out on the other side and she enters a library and that's where like the santa dad guy is and you're like well shit is he in on it now right row i think i'm gonna stop there because i don't know if we, i don't know if i want to ruin it and tell you actually who done did it yeah yours yeah. is longer than mine don't finish the end yeah well, so yeah. no so i think i mean that's pretty much it is it's like a lot of like build up and you're like okay who did it like did the police get it wrong was it this one was it like somebody else who like was it somebody else who like was coming through town 
you don't know. I always think that's interesting with these authors that do like lots of different ones. Like, how do you come up with so many different twists? So yeah. considering you picked like a, a middle kind of one, like nine or something, right? Yeah. Like, it was like nine I'm or ten. I'm curious to know, like, <laughs> if, like was, it, was there a good twist? Like, were, did you see it coming? No, I didn't actually. Like, okay, kind that's of, like, impressive. Yeah, I think like right before they finally announced like who did it, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's this person because I was like, we've kind of eliminated all the other ones. And then when they did, but then I was like, I don't know how, I was like, how did this person get away with it? And then, like, how they did it, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I did not have that part coming. I was like, I didn't see that part coming at all. Nice. So, especially because, like, it, it starts such, like, a floofy, like, oh, I own a bakery, and dun, 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 we're going to make, I'm going to, like, make these sandwiches, and we're going to see if we like them, and if we do, we're going to sell them for the day and just the day. I just love the books, though, that talk about, like, their day in the bakery. I don't know why. Just, like, yeah. it's... So good. I mean, I honestly, I want to read the rest of the series now. Like, like, I'd work in a bakery if I owned it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, especially like this one. Like, it's like bakery. It's like so freaking cute, and like the little (sighs) head barista guy, because he's always like, "Oh, try this like peppermint mocha that I made." That's like or peppermint bark mocha of like, and it's all these like actual peppermint and real things. And she's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! Put it on the specials board." And he used to like not like one of the new hires, and now they do like each other and they get along. And they're like, "You're so adorable." To be a small town baker. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I would probably give it like four knives in the back out of five. All right, pretty. Because like it definitely could. I mean, it's it's very much like murder like a stereotypical murder mystery kind of sitcom-ish almost like which is how I feel like a lot of these like big series like that are but that's true but that's okay it's still fun and it's written really well like characters it sounds are done like well it, yeah. and yeah impressive mm-hmm. I like nice it nice job good picks mm-hmm. yeah cool well uh next time for episode 29 we're gonna do some random reads because it's summertime and it's kind of nice to just like pick whatever strikes your fancy yeah like what i feel like reading i don't know this one cool yeah i don't know i've got a couple contenders so i guess we'll see which one i decide yeah that's kind of where i'm at too and then we also have the minisodes are back next month and we are doing summer loving heck yeah so that'll be exciting and yeah, um, if you guys want to know any of our past reads or anything like that, you can check out our website, isn't it past your bedtime.com. We're on Twitter at IIPYB underscore pod. And you can find us on Instagram, isn't it past your bedtime. You can also shoot us an email if you just want to chat, have any suggestions, comments, yeah. concerns. Yeah. Maybe not like concerns. <laughs> Isn't it past your bedtime at Gmail? <laughs> now, if we listen to your concerns, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll talk at y'all next time. Bye. Bye.